Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards there in the pew in front of you. Um, if you want to take one and fill it out, you'll just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. We'd love to read a little bit more about you. Uh, I do have several announcements to share with you all this morning. First, um, if you are on the nominating committee, please meet Miss Judith in the office directly after church. Um, you're in big trouble, and she needs to speak with you. Um, you're not really in trouble. She told me to say that, but uh, she does need to speak with you immediately following the worship service. So if you're nominating committee, please meet her in the church office. Um, you'll notice in your bulletin uh, the men that were nominated as candidates to serve as deacons. Please look over the list and begin praying for the three you will select at our next business meeting on Sunday, July 14th. Okay, so tomorrow is the day, the day you have all been waiting for. The 410 Project is finally here. Um, so we have the 410 Project coming this week and then VBS as well as running with that. Um, please make sure to look at your bulletin for the schedule of everything that's going on. Um, that can keep you straight as far as our worship services and dinners and all that good stuff. Um, if you still have not signed up for meals, I would encourage you to do so, especially if you'd like to eat. Um, there's a uh, notebook in the atrium, um, and it has lots of spaces in there for you to, to fill out your name if you would like to participate in a meal with us, uh, breakfast, lunch, or supper. Um, we added some more spaces in there because we were running out of room, and we love that problem. But we'd love for you to sign up so that we know that you're coming. If you ordered a 410 t-shirt, um, we're asking that you wear it on Thursday. Um, Thursday night we'll have our community meal, and so we want our church members to be easily identified so that if someone has a question or don't know where to go, that sort of thing, they can say, hey, that person goes here, um, and they can ask you a question. So Thursday night, if you ordered a 410 t-shirt, please wear that then. Um, we have some cups and it has a pamphlet in here and some information about Vacation Bible School, the community meal, um, the 410 project schedule, um, and then also a pamphlet about our church. Uh, we passed these out earlier this week into some of the neighborhoods on Farrell Road, um, but we have some cups and pamphlets left over. They're over here on this pew. Um, if you'd like to take one and give it to someone that you'd like to invite to come um, to participate this week or even just to come to our church, um, you may take one of these home with you and, and give it to someone that you think um, might like to know a little bit more about our church. Um, please note that Vacation Bible School will be taking place uh, this coming week during the 410 Project. So it'll be our normal time from 830 to 1130. Uh, but this year we are doing a little bit, something a little bit different for our offering. Uh, we are collecting canned goods for the CUOC. Uh, we wanted to do a local mission project this year since we are doing local missions with the 410 Project. Um, and so if your child would like to bring a canned good, that will be their offering for Vacation Bible School. Um, so we'll have some bins in the back that they can drop off as they walk in, um, in here for Vacation Bible School in the morning so they don't have to tote it around with them. Um, but we will be collecting canned goods for the CUOC, and that is our offering for Vacation Bible School this year. A few prayer requests to share with you as well. Please remember Ruth West, who may be having surgery this week at Moore Regional. Regional. She's having some um, abdominal issues, and so we want to be praying for her. Uh, Brent Smith is still at home recuperating, but we want to remember him in our prayers. H.T. Pace, that's Todd Pace's dad, had a double lung transplant and remains at Duke. Please remember Grace McDuffie, Rebecca Gaines' aunt, in your prayers. And then finally, the 410 Project. Please pray for all the participants and those that we'll be ministering to this week. And now, if you are a father or are like a father or will be a father, uh, we would ask that you please stand up. We want to... Yeah, we can clap. <laughs> 
We want to take a moment uh, to recognize you on this day that we celebrate our fathers. Um, and we would like to offer a special prayer for you as well. Uh, so pray with me now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today wanting to lift up our fathers to you. God, we're so grateful for the happiness that they bring to our lives. We thank you for the leadership role they take in our families, and we pray that they would always seek to look to you for wisdom in fulfilling that role. Please help them today to feel celebrated and loved. God, I also want to lift up the families today who can't be with their fathers. For those who may be missing their dads because they have passed away, I pray that you would bring them comfort and that they would be filled with joy in remembering all the wonderful memories of their father. And most of all, we, thank, we are thankful for you, God, our Heavenly Father, who created us and loves us even though we don't deserve it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We'll all stand and sing with us hymn number 616. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many blessings. Dear Lord, we give thanks for the blessing of you moving in this place, moving in us, dear Lord. We ask that you guide, lead, and direct us as we do what needs doing, we say what needs saying, and we pray what needs praying, dear Lord. This week we look forward to what you have in store for us. Dear Lord, we ask that you accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
turn your hymnals to 621. Well, good morning. Oh, good Lord. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Are y'all awake? Yeah. What'd you do with all the kids? Did you scare them away? Oh, you went to bed early. Okay. So you could get here? Oh, okay. All right. So, so what's today? What? Okay. <laughs> Y'all had me scared there for a second. Today is Father's Day, right? Where we celebrate our dads. Did you guys do anything special for your dads this morning? You what? Did you remember? Did you tell them Happy Father's Day? Yeah? Okay. All right. Well. Okay. All right. Well, this morning I brought a picture of my dad to show to you. That right there, that's my dad, and that's me when I was little, and that's my daddy before he had gray hair. Now all his hair is gray, but he had brown hair like mine. It was really dark, and that's when I was probably six or seven years old, um, and we were sitting outside on a swing at my great-grandparents' house. Um, and so today, I thought of, of three things that I want to share with you about my dad, okay? And they all start with the letter D, okay? So the first one is dogs. My dad loves dogs. We've always had a dog growing up. No, not dolls, dogs, like the animal dogs. Um, he's not so much for dolls, I tried. Um, you what? You like toys, yeah. Well, okay. Oh, oh, that kind of dog. Okay, yeah. So we always had a dog growing up, and my dad loved our dog. Our dog loved him. Um, and that was, that was always his favorite thing. He loved going outside to, to walk our dog at night. Um, and that was the first thing he did in the morning was go outside and make sure she had some food and water and all that good stuff. So he loves dogs, all dogs. That is his thing. He loves dogs. Um, the second thing I think of when I think of my dad is um, that he is very dedicated. Um, he has been at his church in Richmond for 20 years now. He has been their minister for 20 years. I've been here for two years at Flat Springs. 
And he's been there for 20 years, and he is just very, very dedicated, um, and he loves serving the Lord and what he does. Um, and then the third D I thought of was devotion. And I brought a devotion with me this morning that I read sometimes in the morning. Um, and this is actually one that I get every year. Uh, but my dad is the one that taught me how to read a devotion. Uh, because it, it helps me to spend time in God's Word. It's just a little article, kind of, or a little um, story that you read that goes along with a Bible verse and a prayer. Um, and my dad taught me that. He taught me the importance of, of staying in God's Word and, and reading His Word and memorizing Scripture and, and why that's important to get to know God. Um, and so those are the three D's that I thought of um, when I thought of my dad. But... The last one I think is most important because that was him teaching me about God. And this morning, you guys said that you told your dads Happy Father's Day and that you were so excited that, that they're your dads and that you love them so much. Do you know what's one of the best things that your daddies could do for you guys? What do you think that is? Keep you safe? Absolutely. That is a very important thing for daddies to do. But what else What else can daddies do for us to help us? Where, where are we right now, this morning? Where are we? We're at church. Our daddies can bring us to church. They can read the Bible with us. They can pray with us. And they can teach us about God. That is one of the most important things that your daddies could ever do for you. Okay? So if you, don't, if you don't pray with your dad or if you don't read your Bible with your dad, maybe when you go home or tonight or sometime this week, you could say, hey, Dad, why don't, why don't we read the Bible together? Or why don't we say a prayer together? And I bet they would be very glad to do that with you, okay? I want to say a prayer this morning for our daddies because we love them, okay? Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you so much for these children God, I thank you for entrusting them to us, God. God, we thank you for our daddies and for what they can teach us. And God, we just pray that um, they would teach us about you because that is one of the most important things that they could ever do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'll be reading from Malachi chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. You have said it's pointless to serve God. What do we gain if we meet his standards or if we walk around feeling sorry for what we've done? So now we call arrogant people blessed. Not only are evildoers encouraged, they even test God and get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord paid attention and listened. A book was written in his presence to be a reminder to those who feared the Lord and respected his name. They will be mine, says the Lord. On that day I will make them my spe special possession. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Good morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be here in this place to come into your presence. Lord, we are at a critical time in the life of our church. And I guess every day is a critical time in the life of church, in the life of faith. But Lord, we are keenly aware that we are about to give you this week that 80 plus people have dedicated themselves this week to serve you in Bible school or on a construction team or fixing food or carrying food or going out into a community or helping people at a dental bus and Lord we're also committed to worship every evening this week to come into your presence to hear what you'll have to say tomorrow night through David Haley and Tuesday night through New Direction and Wednesday night through Contemplation and 
Thursday night through celebration. And Friday night at a faith and family night at a ball game. And Lord, we're just wanting everything that we do this week to be to your glory. We are grateful that you have reminded us that as each has received a gift, serve one another as good stewards of your varied grace. And so God, as we come to this moment, on this, the last Sunday of worship before the 410 Project starts, we give it to you, O oh God. And we just pray that you would do this week what will amaze us, what will surprise us, what will strengthen our faith and remind us that it's about walking with you, not walking in our own strength or even our own understanding. I pray for every person that we shall reach out to this week, to every home that shall be touched by the ministry of this church in a very specific way. And I ask your blessing, and I pray that you would bless each participant as we come together to serve, as we come together to share food and, and to minister with one another and to minister unto one another, that you would be glorified, O oh God, in all that we do. And that when we gather next Sunday to celebrate, that there would be much to give you glory for. And we would just be overwhelmed in the praise of what you, our awesome God, is going to do. And so, Lord, I pray even now for this week and ask that you would bless, that you would guide, and that you would direct and then, Lord, I want to pause right now. For I just am trusting you, O oh God, that someone today needs to make a life decision that will change the future for them and for their family, for our church, and for our community. And so I pray even now for your Holy Spirit to come in this place. You, our Heavenly Father, we wish a happy Father's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Brad. Jimmy is away. You may remember several months ago, I think back uh, at the first of the year, we invited Jimmy's son, uh, Thomas, to come and to preach. And during that time, there was a search committee here from the Andrew Baptist Church. Well, Tom has accepted a call to that church, has been there for a couple of weeks now. And today, uh, there is a baby dedication, and uh, Thomas and his wife are dedicating their baby, and that's where Jimmy and, and Caroline are today. And so we are grateful they could celebrate that together. And thank you, Brad, for leading our choir. Well, today and next Sunday, we will conclude our four Sundays in the story we call the prodigal. Today we're going to read verse 20, and I'm going to skip the celebration part because that's what we're going to talk about next Sunday is the celebration. We're going to talk about a family celebration. Uh, but today I want us to look at the Father's focus, and I want us to look at it two ways. I want us to see first how he focused on the son that needed to be redeemed, and secondly, how he focused on the son that need to be redirected. And in both of those, I think we shall find truth for our own life and for our own living. So our text is going to be but three verses. It's going to be Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verse 20. Then we're going to skip down to verses 31 and read 31 and 32. If you're able, I would still invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's holy word. Just a little backstory that you will remember. The son has come to himself in verse 17 and he has now come home and he's literally making that first journey back. He's down the road. I had used uh, last Sunday the, the image of those of us who remember Bonanza and we talked about Ben being the father and little Joe being the youngest son and Hoss being the older son and now little Joe is coming down road and he's a long way off the scripture says and we'll begin to read in verse 20 and then I'm going to skip straight over reminding you that the older son has refused to go in he understands there's celebration going on but he's not going to partake of the celebration and we're going to go from the younger son as he walks down for the first time to the younger son standing outside and we'll look at our at the father's focus in this great story that Jesus told. I began to read now in verse 20. And he arose, the younger son, and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His father saw him. And he felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him. And he kissed him. Now our story goes over to verse 31. The son has, the older son has, is angry and he's told all the reasons why this is a terrible idea. And in verse 31 we read these words. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and to be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Would you pray with me? Lord, for a moment or two, would you challenge us? For a moment or two, would you encourage us? For a moment or two, would you confront us with choices? with decisions, with adjustments, that should we make them, the kingdom would be pleased. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. On this Father's Day, I love this parable that Jesus tells. He has two sons on different ends of the spectrum. 
They have one thing in common. They have the same father. Have you ever noticed that about our children? They grow up, you know, same house, same parents, same everything. But they come out different, don't they? They have their own attitude, their own understanding. They see things. And this is just one of those very easy to understand stories. Now let's not forget that a parable is a story of the imagination. I remember reading a book years ago about the imagination of the heart. That oftentimes it is that place when we begin to think about, wonder what would happen. Wonder what it would be like. You ever, you ever wonder what Flat Springs would be like if? You ever wonder what might happen in your home if? Imagination is a powerful tool. Jesus used stories of the imagination to challenge us. Our job this morning will be to find ourselves in this story as we look at the Father's focus. For here's what I want us to understand. And let me just, just say this before we go any further. The Father in this story represents God. This is God the Father. And you and I fall somewhere in between these two boys. And so as we look with our imagination about wonder what would happen Let's look at the first son who needed to be redeemed. His father was focused on his redemption. Taylor gave us a tremendous challenge. I think it's wonderful that she encouraged our, our children to, to, to ask their parents to help them in their spiritual development. Too many times I've heard parents say, well, I don't want to push them. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Think about that answer. For I understand what's being said. I want it to be an authentic decision. But children need to be led. This first son, we don't know what happened to him. Uh, I met Tom in the hall. And, and next Sunday, your lesson is going to be on the prodigal. And, and Tom made a, an interesting example. And he said, you know, I blame the father. Why in the world did he give him the inheritance? And then sometimes I wonder, why in the world? Does God let us do what we do? Why does he let us get away with it? Why does he let us disrespect him? Why does he let us put ourselves in front of him? Why does he allow us to put everything in the world in front of him? And then when we pray to him, he still meets us in prayer. You ever wondered about that? The first son, he needed redemption. This father was gracious to a hard-headed, hard-hearted son. I was reading, and somewhere I read the words, the sin was not the money that he squandered. The sin was that he cut himself off from his father who loved him. He cut himself off. So, sometimes we get so caught up in, in what we do or what we don't do but here's what I want us to hear and to understand. God loves us. The Father loves us. And he wants to have sweet fellowship with us. He wants us to embrace him. And he wants to embrace us. He loved his son. Our Father, he's gracious to us. Even though sometimes we're hard-hearted and hard-headed. Have we cut off our relationship with the creator and replaced it with the things that he's created? Have we take, taken his blessings and used them instead of loving the one who blessed us? That's what the story's about. This young man seems to be in a, in, a, in a good family, a family of wealth, a family of means. And immediately he just disregards that in such an abrupt way that it makes us angry that this Ingrate son could be that way. And maybe Jesus is holding up a mirror and inviting us to look inside. The father was focused, though, on looking down the street. Did you, did you see that in our text in verse 20? It says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and he felt compassion, and he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. This is one of those irritating stories that, that we may lose a little bit because we're not in, in the way of the culture. It was not only undignified, it was socially unacceptable 
for a father to run. <laughs> Fathers didn't run. They kind of just strolled majestically, you know. As an authority figure, they were to never show panic to run. And they were never to run to show too much anticipation. And yet Jesus breaks that norm to say, when this dad who's been looking down the road for a wayward son sees him coming, he runs to embrace him. I want to tell you today, God would run to meet us. God would run to meet us if we want to see a change in our heart and our life. He loves us so much that if we would take one step toward the Father, He would pretty much help us float the rest of the way. He wants to see us redeemed. He wants to see us. Who do we know and, and what is the need of redemption? You know, the Father was looking down the road for a son. How many times did He look? How many times has God waited for Gary McCullough to make that decision, to flip that switch, to do that change, to make that readjustment to redeem? You see, it's easy not to see the prodigals all around us, maybe even in our own house. Maybe we are the prodigal. I love verse 17. There's a truth here. There's, there's an important truth. If, if you've got your Bible still open, it says this. The young man who's out there and, and nobody's given to him, he's, he's got a terrible job for a Jewish boy. He's feeding hogs. He's starving to death. He's going to die if something doesn't change. And in the direness of his circumstance, in, in the difficulty of his moment, it says in verse 17, when he came to himself. I love the way an old preacher told it. He says the young man was there, and when he began to think about his condition, he got angry. He took his hat off, and he threw that to the ground. And then he took his scarf off, and he threw that to the ground. And then he took his shoes off, and he threw them to the ground. And then he took his robe off, and he threw that to the ground. And then he came to himself. <laughs> so all he had left was him. Sometimes that's what we've got to do is come to ourselves. There's so many things that can get in between us coming to ourselves, to see ourselves with, with the Father's eyes. You see, he was always hoping his son would come home. He wanted him to come home. He needs him to come home. God wants us to come into that perfect, wonderful relationship. He wants to bless us more than we've ever been blessed. He wants to do more with us than he's ever done before. But we've got to come to ourselves. We've got to start the journey. Are we willing to establish that kind of relationship? You know, it's easy to be backslidden and quit coming to church. But it's also easy to become backslidden and be in church every Sunday. I wonder today, are we there? What do we need? You see, the second son now is going to come into focus because he needs a whole new idea. Instead of being redeemed, he needs to be redirected. Before I go any further with him, I want to say this one thing. If there's one person here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then I want to invite you to be adopted into God's kingdom that you too can pray our Father. Today you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can be forgiven of your sin. Your name can be recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you can be promised eternal residency in God's home. If you'll make that decision. The Father's waiting. He's wanting you to come. Think about that. The second son needed to be redirected. You see, in the first son, he was focused on looking down the road. He was looking a long way down the road. He was looking way out there. For the second son, he was focused on his backyard. <laughs> he, he was looking right at the house. The first son, he won't go. He waits for him to come to himself. 
He waits for him to come because he's not in the house. He's chosen to leave the house. He's chosen to go away. And the Father waits for him. Today, if you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, he waits for you. But what if we have accepted Christ? What if we have made a commitment to Jesus Christ? What if we have decided to follow him? Do we need to be redirected? This oldest son was doing so much right. He was doing, we might even say, everything right. It looked good on paper. He was working in the field. He was staying faithful. He took the, the blow of losing a third of the farm. And still he persisted at being faithful. And yet, there was a moment in this story where the father's focus became to change the oldest son's focus. There, there's a great moment in this story. You see, when we leave, God waits for us to return. But when we stay, God redirects our thinking. And he comes to us. Did you see what it said in verse 31? Uh, in fact, back in verse, uh, if we go back a little further, his father in verse 28 says, his father came out and entreated him. His dad went to the backyard. He didn't wait for him. To get, he didn't want to come. I wonder today if there's some area of our life that, oh, we don't even like to think about it very much. We, we really don't want to think about it right now, not with the Holy Spirit moving in this place. We, because, my goodness, should we think about it now? Well, it's kind of dangerous, isn't it? But because he had stayed faithful, the Father went to him. I believe today the Lord's coming to us, those of us that are here that love, that love him, to give us a redirection. Who needs to be redirected? Those that are unchurched, we know we need to get them directed this way. Those who've never been a part of the church, they need to be redeemed. But how about those that have left for whatever reason? And then there's those that I fall into the category that has convicted me this week as much as anything. Those who want to play it safe. Those who want to play it safe. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, I want you to hear these words. But understand this, that in the last days, and I believe those are our days, there comes a time of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. You think he's through? Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I want you to hear verse 5 having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Wow. He goes on to say, avoid such people. You see, the church is God's plan. And it's a powerful, it's a powerful force. I don't know if we've gone to sleep at the wheel, but we're drowsy. We've decided the culture's too much. It's done too much. It's gone too far. It's too far gone. But I want to tell you, God's still in control. And God's power has never been challenged anymore than any other time. And his power is sufficient to change lives. Deep River can be a different place. Deep River can be a different place. Our homes can be a different place. Our, our lives can be a different place. We can go to work tomorrow as different people. It's a choice. The father had to, to redirect this young man in so many ways. I wonder where he needs to redirect me. How about you? 
We know one place he had to redirect him was in his anger. He was mad. He was a mad young man, and we can understand it. I heard a, a limerick about that. It's called The Cats of Kilkenny. You ever heard of that? I hadn't heard of it, but I love it. It says, there once were two cats of Kilkenny. Each thought there was one cat too many. They fought and they spit and they clawed and they bit until instead of two cats, there weren't any. That's what anger does, doesn't it? I've seen anger in the church quench the spirit of God. I've seen frustration in the church quench the spirit of God. I've seen self-directed people like this young, older son stop all that could be. Church has become a revolving door. We come with the question of what heck can you do for me and what have you done for me lately? Let me go back to the next chapter in 2 Timothy. Listen to these words. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Listen to that again and ask yourself this question. Do we really believe this is a true statement? Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. And then he says these words. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and with teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn everyone away, listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. What does it change? What does it take to change your minds? What does it take to change our minds? I remember reading a story about a man who was arguing with his partner. They, they were watermelon farmers. They had a tremendous crop of watermelons. And for about six or eight weeks, it was imperative to get the watermelons to market as fast as possible. And so his partner came to him, and he showed him, as they were arguing, because one liked to load the truck one way and the other another. And they were arguing about which way to, to, to load it. And one finally said, well, look, I've been keeping up with it the last three years. If we load the truck this way, we can add 25% to each load. That'll save us $475 a week in delivery fees and in fuel." To which the other man said, don't confuse me with facts. My mind's made up. What does it take to make us change? What does it take? You know what, you know what my problem is? My mind's made up about a lot of things. My mind's made up about a lot of things. Don't confuse me with facts. Don't tell me what the truth is. My mind's made up. That, that's what the young man was saying. The father came out and he said, you know, you, you ought to be looking at this differently. He said, I don't want to look at it differently. I'm mad about this and I'm enjoying being mad. The father needed to redirect his son. The focus of the father was to change the focus of the older son. Jesus leaves it up in the air. We don't know. But here's a question we do know the answer to, you and I. Will we let God change our minds? Will we allow God to say something to us today? Will we allow him to redirect something in us? How about our prayer life? How about our Bible study? How about our family devotion? How about our service? How about our attitude? Maybe there are things we're watching we shouldn't be watching. Maybe there are things we're saying we shouldn't be saying. Maybe there are things we're doing we shouldn't be doing. Will we allow the Father to redirect us today? Hadn't it been a nice week for June? 
weather-wise. Sweet. It could hang like this for the next 50 years, and I'd just see then if I'm tired of it, okay? It's been good. The sun's been warm, but not too warm. But I'm not sure in August I'll be able to say, isn't this a wonderful week we've just had? And it will be, but you understand what I'm saying. That humidity will be high, and that sun will be bright. Having had melanoma before, I'm, I'm conscious of the power of the sun, of sunbeams. I remember when I was a child, before there were mission friends, there were sunbeams. That's what they called us. I read a story about a UPS worker named Buddy Armstrong that found in Wyoming he had to deliver a package to an 84-year-old fella named Thomas Guthrie Du Bois. And it was a Tuesday when he heard an alarm going off inside the house. Armstrong, the delivery man, was also a volunteer firefighter. And he immediately called emergency workers and they entered the home along with sheriff's deputies and Sergeant Jerry Evangelos says that they got there and they found smoke, but they couldn't find the source until Du Bois firefighters arrived. The sergeant said the sun was shining right through the right, the window just at a right angle that it hit a magnifying glass that had been left on a stand. And the magnifying glass was directed at some papers in the trash can. And as the sun came through the glass, and as then it came through the magnifying glass, and its focus became bright and brilliant and powerful on that paper in the waistband, a fire. If the focus of a magnifying glass on a sun, S-U-N, beam can start a fire, can I ask us if we allow God to be magnified in our heart and in our life and in our deeds and in our ways, can the S-O-N sun beam start a fire in our community? I believe he can. I believe he wants to. I believe he will. If we'll redirect ourselves in such a way as to allow his power to manifest itself in us. So I've got to ask us this morning as we close, what does God need to redirect in our lives? What's sabotaging our life? What's sabotaging our walk with God? What's sabotaging our home? What's messing it up? What's, what's keeping the spirit? It's like the spirit's at the door, but it can't quite get inside. What's sabotaging our church? That the power of God can't start that fire that would burn in this community. What's sabotaging our life? I've got a question. Will we allow God to redirect us? What's sabotaging our home? Will we allow God to redirect us? What's sabotaging our church? Will we allow God, the Father, to redirect us? Today you're in probably one of two categories in my personal opinion. You either need to be redeemed or redirected. I know that we all fall in those two categories. So what's the need in your life? Here's what I believe. I believe every one of us needs to make a decision for God today. I believe that God would love to see this altar full of broken hearts, of folks willing to say, God, I want you to redirect. I want you to change me. I want you to make a difference. I want to see my family different. I want to see my church different. I want to see my community different. I want to see my state different, my world different. The 
focus of the family, of the father. Is he stay, sitting there waiting for you to come to yourself? Or is he coming to you and entreating you, inviting you to go different and dip, deeper with him? What's the need? And what's the decision? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you loved us so much that you gave your life that we might have everlasting life. And that everlasting life, Lord, it can start today on June the 16th, 2019. I believe there's someone here today it needs to make a decision for you, O oh God. They need to step out in their faith. They need to come forward. They need to confess to you, O oh God. They need to pray at this altar. They need to make a decision. They need to make a stand as you direct them, as you wait for them to make that first step toward you. O oh God, would you begin in me a new thing. You know the need of every heart. You know the decisions, Heavenly Father. You know the decisions that should we make them would change everything. Our prayer, oh God, is to change everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision is page 606, I gave my life for thee. This morning, what has God said to you? Where has he invited you to redemption? Where has he said, this is where I need to redirect? And now what shall we say to him as we stand together? Very quickly, let me remind you that we have cups here. If you'd like to invite someone and share the information, then please pick those up. We're going to try to get whatever you leave out the rest of this afternoon, but maybe there won't be any left over there. That would be a blessing as well.
I know that you will be remembering all that's going to be transpiring this week. It's not too late for you to be involved in many different ways. And so just be aware that if you're going to eat, we need you to sign up. We're trying to be good stewards with the food and not fix an over an abundance until Thursday night. And Thursday night we're planning for 300 uh, in our spaghetti supper, our community-wide meal. Invite everybody you see to come be a part of that. We are trusting God that that will be a moment when we reach out to our community in a very, very special way. I want to say a, a word of thanks to a dozen people who went out to almost 80 homes and shared some of these cups. And we had all kind of divine appointments during those meetings together as we met our neighbors. Some of them had been here nine years, some of them a few weeks, some of them a few years. Uh, and so as we try to be a church that reaches out, we need your prayer and support. Bible school starts tomorrow. And so we need some help moving the furniture immediately following. Remember tomorrow night, David Haley will be here. The service starts at 630. Uh, if you're not coming for supper, then, uh, but I don't know why you don't go sign up and come for supper, but that's up to you. But be here at 630 for that. I hope that, uh, that uh, we will have our sanctuary filled to hear what God will say through, through David as he brings the message to us. Um, we have on the website the uh, schedule for uh, the 410 project, so if you're not sure about something, you can punch it in on the website, uh, on, the, on the homepage, and you can find it there as well. Anything else we need to say? Pray with us. And now as we leave this place, Lord, guide us and keep us in your power and your presence. Give us your peace as we are your people. Oh, God, your people, your 410 people this week in the midst of all your people. Go with us from this place, oh, Lord. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.